everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is our first ever uh, Q&A question and answer session with listener questions that we got submitted. Um, and we'll also be answering some questions that pop up in the chat. If you've got any, please shoot us, shoot them our way and we'll try to uh, answer them as best we can. Uh, my name is Joe. I am the dungeon master for the You Meet in a Tavern podcast. Uh, I see also below me that I am Eugene. That's true. I play Eugene. Um, and here's the crew. So why don't we just go, let's just go clockwise. Uh, Jamal, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Chris Tinsley, a.k.a. Jamal, a.k.a. Tins Nasty, a.k.a. DJ Nasty Tins. And I play um, Durf. Durf Dope. Yes, that brings it up to me. Uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk Dubay. Uh, I play the lovable uh, and top-notch burglar in our group, Tug Mugbar. Uh, also a halfling, not a gnome, and he is a monk, supposedly. So that might that might change if I forget. We'll see what happens. Carl, what's up? Sure, I play Carl, uh, the lonely wandering paladin. I don't have I don't have anything sweet, fancy like sweet Durfer Tug. He's not wham, lonely. He's wham. never apart from his friends. Yeah, I mean that's right. You're always together. Yeah, except when you're not. And We're you somewhat friendly, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Well, let's see. So I got a list of questions here that were submitted by listeners over the past few months. Actually, um, the way we're going to do this is I'll just get started with one. Uh, we'll try to get through all of these. And like I said, if anybody's watching here, uh, feel free to to jump out with some questions if you've got them. Uh, we might end with a recap of the quest so far, just depending on time. Uh, but uh, here we go. Okay, let's just go right off the top. Let's say, um, and I'm actually interested in this because we've never talked about this, but how did Tugdurf and Carl become friends? I'll let you guys take it away on this one. Uh, okay. Um, well... I don't, I don't make friends. Friends come to me. Let the record show. So Tug did not go out and befriend these two. These two had a missing link in their chain, in their friendship chain, and that is a void that Tug, uh, being the best burglar in the group and the most sound of mind, body, and spirit, uh, was added to the group to, to provide the wholesomeness that it was missing. So that's Tug's POV on how the friendship started. Interesting. So wait, did Car- Carl, did we know each other before? Uh, Tug completed I mean, our friendship chain. If he completed chain. our friendship chain, he was definitely the smallest link. Um, there's, there's no question about <laughs> well, of that. Of course, <laughs> but the strongest, but the most, uh, most durable and strongest by an eternity. Definitely stronger I think than Darth. Carl and I met at a spinning class. Um, <laughs> we were doing with our then girlfriends, and uh, we went out for drinks afterwards. And there was Tug. Okay, sure. Working, as people should be, earning a living and working. Uh, I guess I meant to say this at the beginning, but I'll say it now. This is going to be, uh, the what we're going to be talking about in some of these questions uh, is all going to be up to date with the quest so far. So if you have not listened to episode 15, you may want to just pause this and wait until you catch up. Um, this is going to go out as a regular episode, so just big old spoiler alert right here. If we mention anything on the show, it's going to be up to date with where we are in the quest right now, so I don't want to give anything away to you guys um, that you might not have heard yet. So, all right, that was my question. 
Well, anybody of you, any of you guys want to? Uh, yeah, I got up one. Uh, else? J is Jacob T. Is that Jacob Torres? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's let's get one of That's his Jacob questions. Torres. in. Yeah, top level patron. Uh, Cheers yeah, to thanks Jacob. for showing up, Jacob. Jacob. So Jacob asked, um, "What is everyone's favorite moment so far?" Joe, mm. we'll let you go first because you're the, you're like the the oh, brilliant thanks. mind behind everything. Uh, my favorite moment so far, God. Okay. Um, I really, and this, I really liked what you guys came up with for your, uh, backstories when we did episode seven and a half. Um, I thought that was genius. So these guys, I, I told them like, come up with a backstory. We'll find some way to introduce, uh, you guys and, um, and how, uh, you kind of came to be the person you are, your backstories, and and they came up with completely different things. Um, and I don't know, just the, the creativity that they came up with and the way that they talked about themselves really set up future things that happened in later episodes. So um, big spoiler alert here. In the last episode, at the end of the episode, we found out about their fathers. And... Um, I didn't tell them that that was going to happen. They all came up with separate backstories. And in all three of their backstories, their fathers were out of the picture. So I, that was like, okay, this is perfect. So I, I didn't, I actually didn't know that this thing that happened in episode 15 was going to happen. Um, until that they came up with those backstories and I was like, Oh, this is perfect. This is where the story's got to go. So, um, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed their creativity there. And I think it, help to fill out a bigger picture of what the characters uh, were like and, and how they grew up for, for listeners. So that was my, my favorite episode, I guess, full moment, full episode. Riffing off that very heartfelt and detailed answer. Um, I thought it was really funny when Tug told that guy, he looked like a bag of smashed assholes. <laughs> That's probably my favorite part. Fair, fair. I think uh, I think my favorite moment, uh, obviously, uh, and you know, biased opinion. I think I think we had a lot of great episodes, but my favorite moment by far is the two near death experiences that Durf had. One in the minecart where he was given a choice to do anything, and he's like, "I guess I'll throw Eugene and have him live for me." You know, ep- episode like episode four, like yeah, we're just we're just gonna die on this one. Let's go ahead and lock that down. I thought that was absolutely hysterical. Um, and of course, uh, of course, the the self sacrificing so the kid can survive and get the last key, and then uh, whether it was planned or however that shook out, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad, Derp, you're not you're not quite that dead was yet. Sick. That was another one of my favorite. Yeah, moments. I'm, I'm the glad. kid is my that favorite moment, uh, mostly because I am jealous that I did not think to do that first. As a paladin, it would have made complete sense and perfect sense, and. Originally, my idea was like, oh, I'm just going to kill the kid. And I'm like, eh, it's not <laughs> should not have been my first thought. <laughs> That's not really what a paladin would do. <laughs> you did uh, try to kill your friend, but failed. And then we trampled her with owlbears. Oh, yeah. That's right. She that was, was delicious, Eve. by the way. <laughs> Says the owlbear. Yeah, like <laughs> they told me. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, who? No, next question. Who's up? We just got one in the chat. Oh, okay. We could do that. Uh, sure. How close are we to streaming episodes on Twitch? Um, well, you know, we, we're just broaching Twitch now. This is our first time, and 
we've obviously already gotten a lot of endorsement offers from pro gaming teams that use Twitch a lot, uh, Team Liquid, etc. So um, <laughs> we're going to wait for that money to start coming in before we really move platforms <laughs> to live streaming. Uh, so in honesty, <laughs> I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. Um, <laughs> I, w- I think it would be cool if people would, you know, check in and watch us. Um, you would hear a whole lot of nonsense wow. that I edit out of the episodes, wow. but that, like that. <laughs> that could be fun. God bless you. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we might do it in it's, the future. It have, hasn't been anything we've talked about doing, um, but it's definitely on the table now that we've kind of figured out how to do this twitch stuff for this episode so stay tuned on that um we have also discussed uh recording our sessions and making them patreon exclusive um so if that's something that you would be interested in you can also let us know as far as like unedited sessions like full unedited yeah yeah we will always be free edited but you can hear all the extremely offensive things that joe edits out of the episodes which is a lot <laughs> and chastises which us. is a lot which is which actually let's go to uh there is a question here and this is from i forgot to mention who asked me that question so demi jones asked the question about tug Durf and carl becoming friends and then we had favorite moments who's who is that from that was from jacob We're, yep that was from jacob okay we said that okay sweet um so that brings us to another question from Jacob, which is actually how long is each episode before it gets edited? Um, so here's a <laughs> very... I'm going to get a beer because I don't want to hear this one. <laughs> here's a very inside information for you. We try to record two episodes uh, in one night. So we will get together on like a Wednesday night and record via Skype at about 7, 7.30. And we usually get done about 11. And that's two episodes. So if you do the math, that's three and a half hours and you basically get an hour of content. So that means that an hour to an hour and a half of that is being cut out. So we record for a long time and uh, I will produce and edit two episodes from that um, that time frame. So usually about three hours cut down to two hours of real content. So so there's that. And that that includes like bathroom breaks and, you know, beer breaks and things like that. It's not all nonsense that we talk about and, and looking up rules but um cats. it's essentially right cats knocking dice over stuff like that so so yeah i'd say we we take away um out of playing maybe about 75 percent of what we actually actually do here's my here's another oh, good yeah. question what you drinking in water stout mm, water get that pepsi endorsement i'm drinking if a Cincy Brew Franz from Rheingeist. It's an Oktoberfest. I'm, I'm early to the game. Uh, we got another question in here in the stream chat. Let's see. Like the Twitch setup, very slick. Oh, this is to me. That's Brian. Got to give, gotta give yep, credit to, props to, to Brian. Brian for that one. Brian did all the Twitch setup. Excellent job, Carl. And let's see. David Ginsburg. What's up, hey. David? Uh, he says, how do you come up with the music for the different episodes? So when we started um, all the way up until episode 13, I did the music and I just kind of messed around on GarageBand until I liked what sounded good. I use a lot of loops that are already provided in GarageBand, which are sweet. And then I'll just type on my keyboard with the um, you can like pull up a keyboard uh, like a piano and just mess with uh, on your keyboard, the different keys and stuff. So I'll do that. Um, 
now, the past two episodes, you've probably heard some of the really cool background music that has come out of those. And that was done by our good friend, Jacob Pretty. So he is, he actually plays piano um, for a bunch of churches and, and uh, shows around the area, um, like musicals and things. So he's a very talented musician and uh, he's been producing the background music for us in the past few episodes, which yeah, has been, been super been awesome. So we're going to start using... Yeah, we're going to start using him a lot more going forward and a lot less of kind of the stuff. I might still do a little bit just if he's unavailable for some episodes. But um, yeah, big props to Jacob for helping us out uh, and just making making the moments in the past couple episodes like really, really awesome. So uh, does, does he have a Twitter handle? I know he doesn't have his website up yet, but maybe getting his Twitter handle out there. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's um, if I think people want to just you know give him a a, a little bit of praise. I, I certainly think he deserves it. If you if you do like the music, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, I think he would really appreciate that if you just say, "Hey man, great job on you meeting the Tavern Podcast." Um, he his Twitter handle is Pretty Jacob. That's P R I D D Y J A C O B. So, Pretty Jacob, yeah. Um, here, here's a, let me, let me jump into the, the questions that were, that were sent in here. Um, uh, Torridan, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do the guys see their characters evolving? Do they have any ideas yet about what they want to accomplish beyond getting Carl's sister back? Um, this can be in and out, uh, in or out of character development. Um, not sure about the, how, how it's going to get accomplished, but uh, something kind of like in my mind's eye, and I don't know if this is be a spoiler or maybe something fun that I shouldn't be telling you guys, but uh, just my thought process. So clearly uh, Tug is the what I perceive to be the most kind of impulsive and childish of the group. I think that's kind of something we can all agree on. Um, and I kind of want to stress that of how kind of ridiculous he is because some point in this story, and I don't know when that's going to be, um, there's going to be a moment where that's going to have to have a radical shift uh, in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, um, so that's kind of kind of my thought for for my my character, anyways. Is and I don't know when that's going to happen, and I don't know when the moment's going to be right, but something's going to come up, and I think it's going to be time to kind of swing swing the pendulum from uh, ludicrous back kind of to where the middle in a in a center where the character probably should be already. So I like that. Just that's good. On, on that's good. Fodder for me, so sweet. Uh, no one else. Cool. Turf. <laughs> Carl has done a lot of development so far. Yeah, I, I was gonna like. say my character's probably changed yeah. the most from uh, episode one to episode fifteen, and mostly that's just because I yeah. didn't know really what I was doing, uh, and so Carl has been probably developed uh, just as people have heard it. And for a really good uh, kind of explanation of what has taken place and what probably to look forward to, you can find that in episode 15. You caught up. No spoilers. It's awesome. It's, it's easily like the, the, the most kind of like badass moment. Like my, not necessarily the most humorous ones, clearly that plays to my personality, but the two most badass moments or episode 15 in Carl's monologue and uh, in the in the church when he, I believe he gets the cr- uh, crest mm-hmm. onto the shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two like over the top, like badass, like fantasy story moments that I think we've had so far. So. 
Yeah, that was sick. That I mean, there's so many good moments. I, that's another one of my favorites was both moments in the in the temple, especially the first one. I didn't create the music for that until after it happened because it was such a cool moment, um, and I just wanted to make sure that was right. So, yeah, that was. I know sweet. also for like a lot of stuff like that that we do, or um, you know, when we were separated, uh, I was I've been asked if that's all stuff that is scripted or stuff that we're just literally making up off the top of our heads. Um, and I think the answer is probably a combination of both. Like, I, I think for the church thing, Joe, you might have had some of that scripted. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I knew. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, yeah, so we don't we don't script it as far as like, this is exactly what you're going to say, Carl. Uh, but before that episode, I had talked to Brian about kind of like what he saw for his character and what he wanted to do. Um, and he basically said like, I'd really like to find a temple somewhere and kind of, I want Carl to take it, like turn a new leaf and um, like become this holy person who follows the God of his father. And when really he was very confused to begin with. So, and that's about the extent of where we were. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to create a scene where this happens. So I, I wrote a lot of kind of like the background um, uh, story in the temple as far as like the flames and the butterflies and all that kind of stuff happened. Um, I already had that planned out. Carl didn't or Brian didn't know about any of that. So he just went into the temple and everything. The way he responded and the way that Meshackle responded back to him was all ad libbed and off the cuff. um, And it just turned into an awesome moment. So. So we're not, it's not scripted per se, but I do have, um, I, I'm prepared for things that they want to do based on things that they've told me for their character ahead of time. Um, even though they might not know what those are, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we have a user. Whoa, hold on, Tins. You didn't answer the question. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to answer. You know, I haven't thought a lot about where Durf's personality and his, you know, whole life story is going to develop. But I will tell you one thing, which is which I alluded to in the last episode, which is I now have my animal conjuring spell and there's going to be lots of animals conjured, Uh, particularly as I gain levels. I can conjure ever more animals topping out at 32 um, combat rating one fourth or lower. So, for instance, if I wanted to Eugene is going to have some friends real quick, I wanted to summon, you know, 32 ponies. Um, 32 cats. Uh, We need a swarm of cats, for instance. A swarm of baboons, jackals, octopuses. You get the point. You get the point. So I'm very excited um, to to be able to do that. And my my, uh, Unearthed Arcana thing gives them all a ton of HP, so they can be very tiny animals, and lots of them with all a ton of HP. Yeah. So that's awesome. what I'm most excited uh, about. So that brings, let's go to Hovi's question. Hovi two one seven five. Who that is? Um, Jamal. <laughs> what, yeah, I wonder who that is. Uh, Jamal, what animal are you most excited to turn into? Joe, which animal form are you least <laughs> excited to have to deal with? Anything that comes in groups. That's gonna suck for me. Uh, Just throwing it I'm out. I'm pretty there. excited to turn into birds. Uh, at level eight, I can start getting flying forms, and I'll also. Is pelican one of those birds? Is what, pelican really? an option? Because I love pelicans. Like as a human being, I like they're my favorite. Um, pelicans are pretty great. Uh, 
They're not on this list, but really it's all up to Joe. We could invent a pelican. Uh, I'm pretty excited about the giant vulture, which this guide says is better than the giant eagle in every aspect except speed. So I'll probably fly around as a giant vulture. And by the time I'm level eight, I can turn into an animal for like four hours. So (laughs) probably probably be in bird form Uh, 100% of the time. And with maybe maybe put a little saddle on my back and Eugene can ride me to... Wow. What about or, me? I can have a saddle on my shoulder for you, Gene, and I can ride you. Much like when we were That's recording. a very good idea. We're off That's the rails. That's a very good idea. That's where I want <laughs> will this to stream? <laughs> will this stream be uploaded to YouTube or Twitter? Uh, I don't know. Brian, can we do that? That would uh, be sweet. I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know I don't if we know recorded either. this, did we? Uh, yeah, maybe Record not. But we are recording this as an audio version, and this will be available uh, on our normal um you could, if you're subscribed, you'll catch this as an episode next Monday. So you'll get the audio version of this. I don't think Maybe the video. The next Q and A we, we do. Record this. I'll figure out video. Yeah, next Q and A, next fifteenth episode. Ooh, I've got one. Hold on, I have to find it. Uh, this is from Michael Kenneth, sir. Uh, what was? Yeah, your- another top level patron. Hey, hey, I think this hey. is geared more towards Joe. Uh, what was your okay. inspiration for this campaign? Do you have a lot of it built or is it just to outline oh. <laughs> and just throw shit in there and see how it goes? Um, okay. So let's see inspiration for this campaign. Um, I've said this in a couple of interviews I've done, but I'll say it again. The, um, how I got started, I only really got started in on D and D like the past two or three years, like, uh, um, really into it. It happened when I started listening to podcasts out there, like, like friends of the table and adventure zone and all those actual plays, um, actually got started on them because a friend of mine, uh, was like going on a road trip and they needed, um, they needed suggestions for podcasts they can listen to in the car. And someone mentioned the adventure zone. So I started listening to them. I started listening to other ones and I just got hooked and I was like, I know some friends that would be really into this and would be hilarious to do a quest with. So that's, that's kind of my inspiration is just other actual plays. And I feel like that's, that's how a lot of actual plays nowadays are getting started. Um, hearing something that they like and saying, Oh man, we could do this too, which is awesome. There's a ton of content out there you should check out. Um, as far as the quest, I do have an, like a skeleton outline. Um, I know how I want the, ending to turn out now if that changes no big deal like i basically plan ahead a couple episodes so i've only written to a point where they will be in in episode 17 and the rest is kind of up in the air i i know where they're going to find the different totems at this point um but other than that i i am kind of flying by the seat of my pants uh, i'm about a month ahead of of where we are recording um but i know basically where i want this to go if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, can, can you, uh, like, I think this is a great point to piggyback, and this is from uh, Jay Torres. Um, what made us want to jump straight into a podcast, and how does it feel being successful right off the bat? So I think that kind of goes along with, like what you said, your story development and how we're all kind of new into mm-hmm. it and getting into it. Um, I'm, de- I'm, like, I'm deferring to you because all this is kind of your brainchild. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what made me, I mean, what made me want to jump into starting a podcast was, uh, I, I knew I had a bunch of hilarious friends and I knew that I, well, I thought that people would enjoy listening to us. Um, and 
you know, I had these stories up in my, I've always been a big like RPG fantasy Lord of the Rings kind of fan. So I'm really into that kind of stuff. And I fell in love with D and D like real quick. So, um, I wanted to do a podcast. I wanted to share this, this love with, with other people. How does it feel being so successful? Uh, we keep each other grounded, really. <laughs> the, the, the fame, the money, the women. It's, it's been a whirlwind. It really has. I mean, I mean, Tins, you got engaged That's since true. this started. Yeah, you didn't even true. like girls That's before true. we started That's this true. podcast. Now you're Somebody engaged. did send us a message the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it. It said he's going to write us write some fanfics, which I'm very excited about. I, I know. That means I think that means we've made it. <laughs> Fanfictions. Uh, no. Okay. So slash erotica I mean, is coming up next. I consider us uh, successful. I mean, I, I really do think that we we are doing so much better than we probably thought we were going to in this short amount of time, um, and that really is just all attributed to listeners and people sharing our stuff. So we. I mean, we just feel so grateful for the people that we have there support, supporting us, um, listeners, uh, people in our lives that let us record, you know, once every few weeks for hours. Um, I don't know. It's all it, we put on a good show. We think we hope we put on a good show for you guys. But really, it's all the people in our lives that let us do this. Um, they can attribute to our success or, you know, whatever. So, um so, so we're grateful for all that, and uh, like I said, we're just we're amazed at how far it's gotten so far, and we're just looking forward to the future. So, so uh, bearded yeah. T Rex just asked a question in the chat that's very similar to one that uh, Jay Torres asked uh, through email, would be my guess. Um, once this story finishes, are we planning on doing a completely new story? Uh, will the story continue? What's the plan? Hmm refer to you guys i kind of think that um we're going to space baby yeah <laughs> that um well you know i kind of think that a lot of the fun of dungeons and dragons is uh designing characters so uh maybe eventually mm-hmm. we would re-roll and uh you know explore different adventures maybe derf tug and carl's kids or something um assuming we all live <laughs> right. Um, piggybacking off making other characters, um, the one shot we did, I freaking love my oh, character. No spoilers. One Don't shot. give it away yet. <laughs> um, so please listen to that because I know I am completely in love with the character I made, and Tins, I think you're completely in love with the character <laughs> you made, and I am really looking forward to getting some more time in with. Uh, uh, I, I was going to say his name, but with yeah. that character, so. I'm so hyped for all of you to hear that episode. I think it's, I thought, I mean, biased, obviously, because I'm the funniest person on earth. I think it was absolutely <laughs> yeah, hysterical. Yeah, so we did a one-shot um, through the podcast of Annihilation, which if you, if you haven't heard, that's the Wizards of the Coast new. We're promoting their new book, Tomb of Annihilation. They sent it to us a little early, and we're recording with some other actual play podcasts uh, one-shot. So we did a one-shot with Brittany from Venture Maidens and Will Jones from Encounter Roleplay. Um, they joined in and I DM'd and we played a little little hour and a half episode of uh, stuff that you might find in that new adventure book. So, yeah, that's going to be sweet. Really excited for that to release. That's like mid to late September, I believe. So check that out. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. Oh, and by the way, shout shouts out to um, Adventure Maidens and Encounter Roleplay. I've been listening to Turn Cloaks podcast mm, yeah, and really uh, Adventure Maidens. 
Uh, Venture Maidens is kind of fun, uh, casual. Let's play kind of like ours is, and Turn Cloaks is incredibly dark and violent and uh, bloody. So <laughs> their their uh, one show awesome. was also incredibly dark, and it was amazing. <laughs> I guessed it on that one, yeah. and the story is insane for an hour and a half or whatever it is. Yeah, Can we take a pause for the cause here. So Turn Cloaks, I I looked them up today, and their first episode just came out. So they have two intro episodes in their first episode. Am I missing something? Because they seem far more established. So Will Pat. does a bunch of different. Does that makes sense. Yeah, it's brand new. Will did one called or does one called um, Adventures Anonymous, which is really awesome. And that's been going on for a long time. And he does D&D like as a full time job. So he he streams for like eight hours a day. So the Turncloaks is his newest one. And um, it's it's mostly dark and gritty and more of a serious podcast if you're into that kind of thing. You should definitely check them out. So yeah, for sure. Like if you um, thought it was really cool that all of our families died, but you wish that they had like bled to death on screen. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what you get out of turn cloaks podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Basically like a camper. It's <laughs> intense. Oh, he's got jokes. He's got jokes. Okay. So since we're promoing, um, other podcasts, really, I want to take a quick, quick ad break here uh, to and I actually meant to tell you guys about this beforehand, but I didn't. So whatever. Um, we want to take a moment now to announce a really special thing that we've recently gotten involved with as a podcast. We've teamed together with Dice Tower creator Nightshade Creations and several other D&D podcasts. Um, and we want to charge you, our listeners, to make a positive difference in the life of some someone else with Everything that's been going on uh, with the hurricane, with um, Virginia, all these different things that are going on, uh, we want to charge you to to throw some positive vibes out in the world. And we're calling this this movement Cast for Change. That's the number four, Cast for Change. Um, and basically, this is kind of like a contest. The task is simple, uh, but you get a re- uh, sweet reward. All you have to do is do something great for someone else, mow a lawn, buy someone's meal at the drive-thru, volunteer at a local shelter, do something nice, post it on Twitter, hashtag cast for change, tag us, and um, with your help, we can make a difference in our communities and do our own little part in making the world a better place. So that's a really cool thing that we're excited to be a part of. Um, wanted to throw that in there as well. So, sweet. Cool. Pretty, pretty right. awesome right? thing about yeah. that live. I didn't know about yeah. that. Sorry about I'm that. Glad we're doing that. That was a great idea we had mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to do that. If I had known ahead of time, yeah. I would have already started though. So, <laughs> yeah, you guys can enter too, I guess, if you want. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, so I was just going to read a, a question here. A Talon thirty two. Um, also, is there any chance of seeing a wiki mm-hmm. on Obsidian Portal, which I assume is a website for the podcast? Um, I mean, we have our Reddit thing, our Reddit thread, which I think is pretty good. Um, reddit.com slash r slash YMIA tavern. There you go. That's something Joe and I actually talked about before we even Mm -hmm. started recording that we thought it would be a good idea to kind of, uh, record all these things. And ironically enough, the two people that could use a Wikipedia thing the most would be, uh, me and Durf (laughs) for all the characters' names and what we're actually doing. What are we looking for again? uh, Amulet? Got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, what are, what are, uh, characters' (laughs) races? Or things, you know, things like that, that we need access to 
on an episode by episode basis. We can't just be expected to know those. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, like, has somebody like is Obsidian Portal managed by listeners? Is it managed by us? Do, yeah, do I don't know. know I don't know. Uh, I would love it for it to be managed by listeners. If we have a listener volunteer that wants to like start a wiki page for us, I'd be more than happy to work with them on that. Um, you know, just like giving character descriptions and whatnot. Um, I think it'd be hard to manage myself. I know we're all pretty busy with all the other stuff that's going on. Um, yeah, I would love to that for that to be fan based. If anybody wants to jump on that, um, but uh, yeah, as of right, as of right now, we don't have anything going on, but except for our Reddit page, which you should definitely you know check out. People chat about the episodes, and uh, you know we give announcements and stuff there. So yeah, and honestly, the pinned post at the top with the kind of the episode. Uh, recaps are, are are quite sufficient at this point in time i th- i don't know if it's because we're not that far in yet i mean it seems like we're far in but we're actually not that far into like or the campaign itself so maybe as it grows like that'll become more of a necessity but right now like the paragraph kind of yeah. recaps uh, i think do a pretty good uh, pretty yeah. good job so carl um, you want to come on on this uh <laughs> So bearded T-Rex in the chat uh, just realized that every time Carl introduces himself, he thought he was emphasizing that his name starts with a K, not that his last name was with a K. And early on when we were coming up with names, um, you know, obviously Tug and Durf, you know, different races, I chose to be a human and I tried to pick one of the most generic names possible. And so I went with Carl and Joe just mentions, is that with a C or with a K? Um, mm-hmm. And so obviously I went with a K and then I thought that was just a funny last name for Carl with a K. With a K. So it's not spelled with a C. <laughs> yeah, but it's spelled with a C. <laughs> the last name spelled with a C. Yeah. So that's that's Carl. Um, uh, I see that. Cuckoo bird, cuckoo bird, It's got the it's got the H in it. H is a cuckoo bird. Says, uh, speak to the curse. Do you think it's evil? I think this could be a good thing, like balance to the force. Um, well, it did kill um everyone we know, so it would have to be. Oh, and uh, we're also dying now too. So it would have to be like really rad in the end to overcome the fact that it's already killed like thousands of people. <laughs> well, to clarify, the curse isn't what killed them. The <laughs> drinking uh, is what killed that's them. That's true. That's true. But yes, the curse, so yeah, the curse uh, took care of your father. So yeah, that's, but yeah, I mean, who knows? I actually don't. So we'll find out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's say who has, anybody got another question? Oh, I've got one. You uh, got a bunch more that yeah, we haven't read yet. Bob Smith, 333 asked, how did the players pick their classes? Did they ever play that class before? Um, well, I think I'm honestly the only one in the uh, of the player characters that actually had played D&D before. Um, and I played, I think it was third edition. 3.5, that was a popular one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 3.5, that might have been it. And um, in that, I played a halfling monk, which is even worse that I couldn't remember. <laughs> the race of my monk because I've now played literally the same, uh, racing, uh, class twice. Um, 
but that's how I came to mind. It's something I'm like, I just like conceptually think the monk is incredibly well designed in the game and I haven't played anything else. <laughs> so <laughs> go, go with what you know. And clearly I don't even know that. So that, that, that's how I ended up on my guy. Dins, um, I like uh, the woods. <laughs> so I decided to be a druid. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Carl, over to you, brother. That's about it. <laughs> Carl? Um, I, if I recall correctly, <laughs> we had already decided that Kirk was going to be a monk and that Chris was going to be um, a druid and we needed some form of healing uh, and I didn't want to be a cleric. So I ended up choosing palette and thinking that, oh, you know, I'll be able to help like spot heal and stuff like that. Um, we turns out one of us should have picked a healer probably, but we're, <laughs> we're slogging through. We're getting there. No, you, it worked Carl out. is yeah. simultaneously our main tank, main healer and our, uh, most DPS. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time. Uh, I want to ask this question from Demi Jones. On a lighter note, does Carl have a crush on Tess and or do you see them becoming a thing? I think this comes from uh, episode 7.5. Yeah, I, I believe. I mean, it's it's certainly possible. Currently, the only romance on the podcast is uh, Tug and Durf um, and Tug <laughs> and Tug in the mirror. So like the mirror and Durf are kind of fighting for Tug's attention. Uh, Carl, you know, it's possible, but. We'll have to see if um, Carl and Tess have more interaction in the future to see how that chemistry really hits off. We haven't nice. discussed how to handle the upcoming graphic sex scenes yet. So. <laughs> Between you and Tug, or what's, what's going on there? Hey, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Demi. Oh, Demi's here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, I will not be doing any sex scenes with you on camera. So, but so, audio form, you're camera. saying audio form is, is Good on? disclaimer. On Solid camera. disclaimer. Well, Demi's here. Let's answer the other yeah. one. Uh, Demi Jones, do you think Jill followed that map because she wanted to be brave and strong like her big brother? That's how I tried to portray it, that she was trying to, like, prove herself to these three older brothers, basically, um, that she wanted to go out and, and, you know, start an adventure and prove to them that, uh, you know, this girl that they had been ignoring is actually kind of a strong willed, strong willed person. So yes, I think, I think so. Just like she <clears throat> destroyed Carl in the carnival game. Episode right. one. That is true. Look, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have gotten there if Jamal had just picked the damn animal. Okay. Like, you all, <laughs> you all spent the whole first episode trying to steal shit. Don't, don't talk crap about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let, let let let's let's revisit the tape on that first. Let's revisit the tape on that first episode. Who you all was are both terrible burglars? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speak, speaking of first episode and animals, uh, I feel like Eugene at this point is like people's favorite character. I agree. Um, He's the best character on the, the show by far, by a lot. Yeah. Eugene was never ever planned. I didn't even think Durf would would take the rat i put like this sweet owl and he was yep. like no i think i'll take this scroungy little <laughs> street rat so eugene just came out of the first episode and was just a hit after that and that was totally absolutely not planned whatsoever speaking of so, eugene uh zubilicious asked us 
why is Eugene the Dread King and how will we find out? Oh, I think right. that's a great question. And God, here's, here's why I actually think that's a great fan theory. And we don't know what Joe's plan is yet. But when you take the speak to animals spell, right? When you talk to animals, their intelligence is actually like one. And they can barely even interact with you like wild animals. So how does Eugene like speaking complete sentences and have his own motivations and things? So maybe he is a Dread King. That's a good point. Or we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> That's another good point. Uh, that is a great question, though. I really appreciated that one. Why is Eugene the Dread King, and how will they find out? <laughs> nice banner. Oh, man, what's up, Epifex? Epifex, thanks for the uh, cover art and our um, and our logo. Big shout-out. Another cheers to Epifex. Baller dude. Check him out. Get some uh, character drawings from him. He's sweet. And, you know, we are also uh, more than happy to accept character fan art. Love to see you guys and your uh, your uh, interpretations of some of the scenes from the show and maybe some of the characters. That would be awesome. We'd love to see that. So just throwing that out there as well. Um, is, is there a way maybe we could do uh, for fan art of all skill levels? Uh, if they submit something to us, maybe we can uh, like name an NPC onto it and just kind of make it like a fun thing like that, and then like just share everything that was submitted. I think that'd be kind of yeah, cool. that'd be yeah, that'd be super cool. I would definitely share anything that's submitted to us. I would definitely share like all over the place. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. I mean, pass share, but like we like we everybody that submitted one will just randomly choose somebody, and then we just name an NPC after him. That way, you know. Because, I mean, not everybody just wants to spend all their time drawing for little to no right, return. Right, I gotcha. No ROI. Yeah, I mean, if they draw a new character, maybe I'll throw them in there somewhere. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Definitely. All right, uh, let's see. Do another question. Um, I'm gen- <laughs> This is from Van Going Somewhere. I'm genuinely interested if Tug's realiz- realization that he's not a gnome is going to affect his persona slash character arc. Any plans for that? Uh, I will tell you right now, there are no plans. And the reason is, is because that's just an incredibly embarrassing moment for me. <laughs> and and uh, not, not something that I think uh, uh, the, uh, my character, as dumb as he may <laughs> actually be, uh, I think he'd still know what race <laughs> he is. Um, so no further plans on that. Just a hyper embarrassing moment uh, for me. And we'll leave it at that. Excellent. Excellent. How much of the sessions is planned mm-hmm. and how much is just improv? Um, I think like mostly the, like the monologues that I have out there for like story bits and where they are, I have kind of written out unless they really go off the rails and go somewhere that I didn't plan out. Um, so I don't know, maybe 10, 15% is actually anything that I'm saying that's not in direct response to what they're doing. I've written out. Um, but you know, that's, that's changed. Some episodes, we will literally do nothing on the book. Some episodes I'll write out pages and pages and we'll just get through a paragraph because they, uh, (laughs) just go off the rails so much. Could it be when we got lost in the mountain, when we were just supposed to explore the cave and that was it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was episode five. And then we just ended up tacking on two episodes. Episode five was pretty much all ad-libbed. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. 
on a normal episode, I'd say maybe 15, 20 percent is planned out by me. The rest is kind of them deciding what they want to do. You can you can I think I feel like you could tell when I'm reading and when I'm just kind of spitballing. But yeah. In the last episode, when Durf was stricken with horrible stage fright and panicked and started sweating and didn't give a speech, that was legitimately um, me not knowing what to say. <laughs> sweating <laughs> so at your improv. That was completely improvised. <laughs> In, instead, you let me breach, what is it, the third wall and sing Smash yeah. Mouth. So, thanks. Yeah. I have a quick question for the group that I've actually been thinking about. Um, if you could go back now that, uh, it, well, myself as well, go back and re like go back to the drawing board with your character. Uh, would you change knowing how things operate within the game now? So, uh, tens, we'll go um, to you, Durf. Yeah. I kind of like where I'm going with the circle of the shepherd and the summoning animals and stuff, but, I hadn't actually realized when I started out that um, if you do the circle of land, I believe, um, that actually allows the druid to get challenge level two um, wild shapes. And some of those are really good, like Allosaurus and like Plesiosaurus. Which again, you have to be able to see before you turn into one. My mom took me to the zoo all the time when I was a kid, so <laughs> the I saw zoo? Yeah, the dinosaur zoo. Uh, to see the plesiosaurus and the saber-toothed tigers and the rhinoceroses and polar bears. So uh, <laughs> I might have thought about doing that just because the challenge rating two is when um, the wild shape gets to be like strong enough to fight on the same terms as everybody else. I'm kind of weak in combat, um, but I think that'll change because I'll be able to summon challenge rating two creatures coming up. So mm-hmm, that'll be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, I might not have written my story to be a rogue uh, in like druids clothing, but I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. So I dig it. Nice. Uh, what, what about you, uh, Carl, Dur- Brian, Carl. AKA Carl. Um, I'm really, I really like where my character has gotten to. Um, but as we previously mentioned, mine has probably changed the most in terms of personality since, uh, the beginning of the story, I guess. Um, so I, over time um, have just made that adjustment and Joe's helped me a lot in allowing that to happen uh, and even encouraging it in some parts. So I'm really happy with my choice where I'm at currently, uh, hopefully with where I, in my mind, have it going forward. Uh, We'll just have to see what happens. Also fun trivia, um, add this to the IMDB page. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to be a tiefling cleric, but Joe told me I couldn't be a tiefling. So that's another direction. I know. I could that was gone. something I put in this. <laughs> and they were, I told them the only thing I said at the start was, "You guys are kind of like, you guys are whatever your race is is basically like mid adult life, um, and I want you to pick just like basic races like human, elf, dwarf, halfling, uh, nothing spectacular." So those are the only outlines that I put out there at the very beginning for them to choose from. Tug, anything you would change? Um, I wish I'd have just done more baseline research and obviously, or I mean, I'm sure it comes across on the podcast how I'm just lost all the time. (laughs) Uh, but the monk has, it doesn't have, he doesn't have spells, 
where he has so much incidental stuff, like like static abilities that like trigger that I remember fucking none of them <laughs> ever. None of them ever. And my character sheet is chaos. It's a nightmare. I need to sort that out. So if I could change two things is be uh, just a bit more prepared and an erasable pencil. <laughs> uh, well, it is a really quick one, but uh, we can answer this. Michael Kennitzer, are you all together in the same room every time? If not, how do you usually set it up? Are you using any mo- mobile apps or just video chat? So we usually uh, are all separate. Uh, Brian and Kirk are usually together. They're actually in the same house right now, just in separate rooms. But usually they're sharing the same mic. Um, Durf is in Chicago. He records, and and I'm I'm close to Brian, but um, I'm at my own house. So we record over Skype to see each other, and we record our audio through Audacity. And at the end of it, they will send me their audio files uh, which I will run through a couple of different things that I've got going on before editing it in GarageBand. So that's kind of how our system works. Um, we were all together for episodes four and five, I believe, <laughs> which were the ones that got real off the rails because, that's because there, were many, there were many beers consumed, um, which actually turned out to be like two of the funniest episodes, I think. But uh yeah, so so that was the only time we were all together in the same room. Otherwise, we've been kind of separate, separate, separate. Is that separated. when I made the uh, Hillary Clinton joke? Because that was one of my favorite. <laughs> oh God! I yes, don't... yes. <laughs> that was that question was submitted by uh, Michael Kennitzer. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so fucking funny. Oh, so good. Uh, so good. Let's see. Last one that we got submitted um, before the chat. Was from Crow Darklore. Crow Darklore. Yeah. Hey Joe, from one DM to the other, what is your experience as far as DMing goes? What other systems have you DM'd or played, and which other systems do you enjoy playing slash DMing? Also, just curious, what is your favorite edition of D and D? I've only ever well, I, I think I dabbled into um, fourth edition when I ran a Dungeons and Dragons club when I taught after school. Um, I only played like one or two sessions, um, but mostly my introduction and what I've been doing is only Dungeons and Dragons fifth uh, edition. Um, like I said, only for the past like two years uh, or so. I also I, I play on um, online site called Gamers Plane, which is like play by post, and I'm in some fifth edition games there, and also a uh, Pathfinder game, which I haven't really gotten too far into. But yeah, I, I'm not really experienced in a bunch of different RPG systems. I would love to be. I don't know about you guys. Have you guys played any other different systems besides uh, Fifth Edition? I've never played, but uh, I'm interested in playing uh, Call of Cthulhu and uh, Vampire: The Masquerade because um, I'm a big HP Lovecraft fan, and I played uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines a lot on the PC. Uh, but the rulebooks give me a panic attack, and Fifth Edition is extremely easy, so. Probably just stick with that, to be honest. Yeah, fifth edition is pretty, uh, pretty uh, intuitive. Um, I remember I, I was, believe it or not, even more lost when I was playing uh, third three point five, whatever that edition was. Um, so this is uh, a little bit easier to, to digest, which is nice. Um, but to your point, uh, Durf, Call of Cthulhu sounds awesome, but. I also hear that like everyone's character dies 
all the time, uh, which is something that I can't take because I really like the characters yeah. I come up with. Um, and I don't want to see them go away, which, uh, call it, call it a, a crutch or what have you, but I can't disconnect, you know, from Tug. So like if Tug goes down, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, probably devastated outside of the game, just kind of bummed out because I really like yeah. that character. Just like, I really like the character in the one shot. Like if he were just to disappear and I never got to play him again, like I'd be hyper bummed because mm-hmm. I really like that character. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, D Gins, but one, two, one, three. Uh, I actually, uh, my uh, fiance and I have played Eldritch Horror a lot, which is the kind of uh, streamlined version of Arkham Horror. So we have done that. It's it's very fun. Sweet. Will Joe ever let Durf give the fans what they want and let him become a shark? We've actually discussed we're going to be in a port <laughs> soon. And, uh, Spoiler maybe, alert, geez. We have to find a laser. Spoil- spoilers! Um, and I might... Uh, Go snorkeling. Maybe see a shark. Giant yeah, seahorse. Giant got, seahorse is one of my uh, favorite things on the animal form list. So maybe definitely get to turn into a giant seahorse at some point. Yeah, but I, we try our best to follow the rules as close as they can. Sometimes we make stuff up just to make it more interesting. But one rule that I have kind of been a stickler about is you can't turn into animals that you have not seen. Now, you've made up some shit about the zoo which by the way woodhaven when i started was supposed to be this like small town in the woods and now for some because of your backstory it's got like a factory and a zoo and but whatever so yeah no you haven't seen a shark yet maybe in future episodes you know i'll let you do it but um yeah. Bearded T-Rex asked, how the hell do I get started when the only tabletop game played at any shop within 50 miles <laughs> is Magic the Gathering? Uh, Bearded T-Rex, I'm a Magic player. Kirk is also a Magic player. Um, surprisingly enough, if you talk to your Magic players, they will probably play D&D with you. Just have to be outgoing <laughs> and ask. Uh, typically, people are pretty receptive. So To piggyback on that, actually, um, the other campaign that I played in, um, I actually got started in because I was at an F and M. And, um, so the front of the store had a game going on that it was brand new. I didn't know that game was getting started. I found out later in the story. Um, I didn't like, uh, it was a draft draft, uh, format. I didn't like the deck I drafted. I lost my first round. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hang out up front. So, um, I went up and they were like, Hey, you want to play? I was like, sure. So I ended up dropping from the tournament, rolling a character, and then that's how I got started in my first D&D game. It was actually at an FNM that I went to play in. So um, there's a lot of crossover, and a lot of those players were Magic players as well. There's tons of crossover. Um, I, I'd be shocked if you asked uh, an entire group of Magic players and said, hey, has anyone here played D&D before? And not one would speak up and at least say that, uh, that they have. So um, I, actually, I, th- I think that's a great pool, to, pool of people to... To, to dive in, dive in it with you know. Yeah. There's also online resources you can join into games. Uh, what's that website? Roll Twenty. You can join into games uh, over like video chat. That's an awesome, awesome thing. I've never actually done it with like other people, but we joined in to Roll Twenty for a couple of one shots that we did with pod through Podcast of Annihilation. Um, or I highly recommend if you like the play by post stuff, which is which is really great if you're a DM. I actually DM a play by post game. Uh, which, you know, you have time to respond to what people want to do. 
and you have time as a player to think up like the best strategy. So it's totally play at your own pace. You can play for months on end. Um, the site that I use is Gamers Plane, which is really cool. It uses the same systems. They've got a bunch of systems there that you can join in on. Um, and you, it's basically works as like a, like a chat room forum and you post what your character wants to do. The DM responds and you get to play at your own pace. So I, w- I would test that out. Test the waters there. Um, maybe join in a game or two. Pretty sweet. Gamers playing. Uh, that's P L A N E.com. Um, let's see, Joe, I haven't had a chance to check out gamers playing. Could you give, did I explain that Jacob T basically you create a character, you put a uh, character sheet up there. Um, you join in a game. DMs will kind of create games and say, anybody wants to join, come on in. Um, you click accept. You're in the game. It'll start. You'll get, you'll roll for like stats and whatnot. And, um, you just get started. It works like a, like a forum, like I said. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, Jacob, if not, let me know. Oh man, Biscuit 6161. How would you guys feel about the future of VR advancing to where you guys could play D&D in VR where the DM could create his storyline around his imagination? Would you feel it to be too linear and not as improvisational? I don't think I don't think that would be linear at all. We are all easily distracted. Um so it would probably <laughs> evolve into all of us running in different directions, doing different things. Most yeah, most likely you have to stay on the same. I mean, you guys would have to see kind of the same kind of things, so you'd have to stay together. I don't know. I think that'd be sweet, but I don't think I don't know if that would turn in. I guess that would turn into like a live action role playing game, not so much D and D, more like a video yeah. game. But I mean, I've seen sword art online, and that's just not <laughs> something I'm going to do. I hear that they get stuck in that game. Everyone dies. It's <laughs> chaos. I'm not in that. Yeah. Yeah, not doing that. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not fucking with the Matrix. They made three movies on that. <laughs> let's learn our lesson. Like, let's get a one time. Let's learn our lesson. Nope, not playing with yeah. that. Mm-mm. All right, we're. Uh, I have yeah, a, go ahead. I have another question, Joe. I have another question, Joe. Bring it. Um, what is your all's like? Not storyline aspect, but game aspect wise. What's your favorite aspect of the game itself? Like Dungeons and Dragons as a game. What is your favorite aspect of the game now that we've played X amount of hours? Um, you know, I actually sort of I've I've had like uh stops and starts of writing like stories for fun in my spare time. And I sort of mm, too lazy but aspire to like uh write stuff in the future. So I just gotta like that it's a creative outlet that I don't actually have to um, think about too much or do any work. <laughs> right. Literally zero me. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I leave it to Joe to do all the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love and I and I, I think I, I did this with an interview with David Ginsburg, actually, who might still be in here. It looks like he left, but um, he runs a podcast called Tales from the Fandom, and I was on there, and I explained this, and I just love creating a world and dropping these guys in it and just seeing what they'll do in their reactions to, to situations that I put them in. You know, when I, when I write this, this kind of stuff and things, I was so excited for the red sands arc and for them to get to the end of it and find out what happened, especially with Durf and the kid and just seeing like that moment where Durf reacted to it 
and I didn't know if he was just going to save the kid or if he was going to sacrifice or, you know, save himself. Um, just their decision making in the world that I create is really cool to see them, uh, you know, be a part of. And that's my favorite part. I don't know. Yeah. Can I addendum to my answer as well? Riffing off of uh, what is it, uh, Biscuit sixty one sixty one? What are the games you enjoy when you're not playing Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering? Um, you know, use an example, Witcher three. I think that game's like completely awesome. Uh, the game world's amazing. There's so much to do, etc. But the one thing that kind of really bothers me about it is basically no matter what skill tree you go down, you're always kind of a, a swordsman battle mage. And what's cool about Dungeons and Dragons is, unlike most video games where even ones that have lots of different classes, there are, um, you know, uh, you're limited. Uh, fifth edition is customizable enough that you can really kind of, whatever your heart's desire, you can make a character that does that. That was actually going to be my answer, is how malleable it is. Um, especially in our group where... Uh, we respect the rules, but we don't lock, we don't like handcuff ourselves with them, uh, which I think is incredibly important, especially with all of us being new players, you know, we're, we're going to accidentally cross that line intentionally, or excuse me, unintentionally. And, uh, Joe, to his credit, does a great job figuring that out on the fly. Uh, but I think, I think what's made this so fun and so, uh, have such a good flow is how malleable we've left it um, and how malleable I hope it remains. Uh, Cause I think that's one of the biggest assets to, um, to our group and to our story is uh, it is, it does kind of have this feeling of, you know, is it the fact that people have to keep saying, is this improv or is this all drawn out? And we can confidently say it's a, Big, big chunk of both. I think that's, that's a, I think that's the best thing about it for me. So, yeah, I mean, right, you, Carl. Um, I don't know. I like the fact that everybody's personality is kind of cranked to eleven. You know, like everybody's <laughs> character, like everybody's character, is somewhat a reflection of themselves, um, and it just allows you to kind of go over the top uh, and take it kind of as far as you want, uh, which really I think Kirk does, you know, Chris might go to 11. I might go to 11. Joe might go. Kirk goes to like 15. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I find most interesting because, you know, like we sit here and play and, you know, we sit here and laugh at each other and knowing that we're sitting here laughing at each other, other people are going to enjoy it. Um, and so that's, I think one of the best things about it really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're having a ball. So the fact that other people will chime in and say, Oh my God, I spat out my water at work and all my coworkers looked at me, you know, funny. I mean, that's awesome. We love to share that with people and, and hear those experiences from you guys. And, you know, that's what this is all about. Really just putting on something that's entertaining for for us and for people that are listening. But I, in, so. I also think that we have a good mixture of, so like Tug, his character is like really far out there, super over the top, super, you know, um, just says the craziest shit. Um, and Carl is more like um, subdued or down to earth, I guess. And like Durf is kind of there in the middle. Uh, so we kind of have, mm-hmm. 
you know, a spectrum, a little bit of something for everybody, you know, somebody that wants the over the top stuff, somebody that wants closer to what they might expect more out of a normal Dungeons and Dragons type game. Right. Yeah. We got a great balance of characters and people playing them. Cause like you said, I mean, the characters really are extensions of yourselves. I feel like that's very true. Just knowing you three as people. So Jacob had a question. Uh, do you all run the social media? That would be Joe. Yeah, I, I do the Twitter and most of the Facebook. Um, Carl or D- uh, Brian, I, you've answered a, some of the Facebook messages that we've gotten, which has been helpful. Yeah, I mean, like I, I try and help because I feel bad because you're doing it all. So I figure answering yeah. a Facebook message here and there is not yeah. beyond me. They all have access to it. I gave them the username and passwords and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think I, I respond to most of the stuff. If we do, if we do start live streaming stuff, stuff like that, I will take on that stuff probably just so, just so nobody else has to do it. Maybe, well, you know what we need to do? We need to do one shots and invite some of these guys on as, you know, Jacob for sure. He's a patron. I have an idea for a one shot that I definitely want to run. So I am in for this. Oh yeah, maybe maybe as a new Patreon reward, a higher tier, we'll uh, ask some people to come on and we'll record some one shots with you guys. That would be that would be sweet. I would enjoy that. Yeah, um, I mean, if you can watch Twitch, you can definitely record a one shot with us. Your computer right, will work. Right. I'm extremely down. Okay. All right. Sweet. Uh, Brian, you got any more questions? Now that we're all back, you got any questions from up above? I believe we were going back to your mother's question mm. to bring us back. Yep, most heroic moment. Most heroic moment. Like, it's got to be Durf and the kid. It's got to be Durf and the kid sacrificing himself. He had no idea that 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 kid was going to do that and uh, end up saving his life. He thought this is the end of my character. I'm out of the podcast. So I don't know. That's what I That's- was hoping for. No. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, hey, Durf, welcome back. I mean, you guys all in the, in the second episode, you guys all decided you were going to drop everything in charge at Felix, like right off the bat. Once Jill fell, yeah, I sort of figured at that point we probably had plot armor. Um, like <laughs> you weren't you <laughs> weren't going to kill us half an hour into the podcast mm-hmm. that was your idea, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, these are good oh, questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, General Major Payne, just to answer your question real quick, late to the party, what made you all decide this was a step you wanted to take to make a podcast? Um, I pretty much just approached all three of the guys and said, hey, you want to play some D&D? I think you're funny. Let's go. Let's do this. And it was born just like that. It was pretty easy. Um, I was listening to a a few different actual plays like The Adventure Zone and Friends at the Table, um, and I really liked those, and that's that's what kind of inspired me to get this thing started. and we just we just went from there. Oh, I'm going to answer this uh, recent question. What are some of the improvements you've been able to make because of the Patreon support, which has been awesome? Um, we bought Durf a new mic. Uh, he's got a Blue Yeti now, so his microphone, yeah, his uh, audio improvement has increased. If you haven't noticed over the past like five or six episodes, uh, everything's gotten much better. Um, we are currently hiring our good friend Jacob Pretty to do some music for him. So we're throwing him some money for each episode. Um, and we just commissioned a world map from Devin Rue. 
which is really sweet. It's in the works right now. It's almost to completion. So, so, so those are this kind of things that we've been putting our money to, um, and we'll continue to do that kind of stuff, whether it be art or new audio equipment or, um, you know, anything, all the money that comes from Patreon goes straight to the show. We don't pocket any of it. It's going to go straight to making this a better experience, a better way to listen, uh, a better kind of feel for all our listeners and, um, just to get them more involved in the, in the quest. So really, really appreciate all the Patreon support that we've gotten so far. If you haven't, and you're listening to this, uh, you can go on to patreon.com, even a dollar. You, if you pledge a dollar a month, you get, um, access to all the music. Oh, I need to post episode 15 music, but you get access to all the music. Um, and if you go up, you get some other sweet rewards as well. So go check us out. Patreon.com slash why am I a tavern? <laughs> so yeah, thanks for all you guys that are uh, Patreon supporters. We really appreciate that. Um, yeah, B- Biscuit said the, the music is, uh, adds some really great ambiance. And I think that's another thing uh, to Joe's credit, and now Jacob, who has, uh, you know, um, helped us out. I, I, I think that is something that separates us and makes it more appealing and gets you in the vibe of the of the whole thing. So uh, I, I certainly agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely. I love that. It adds a whole new element to the show, I think. I agree. I agree 110%. What else we got up there, Brian? Uh, uh, mostly just comments. Bearded T-Rex said the music has been great. The scene with Carl at the temple was amazing. I think Bearded T-Rex is only up to episode 12. Uh, once he gets to 15, I think he's going to like that music as well. Uh, Carl has a Carl has another nice moment coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm scrolling up. I think we had more questions. Oh, Easter egg. Okay, I want to know. Uh, In the Red Sands arc with Patch, and you guys have to respond to let me know if you caught this. Um, Going in order from, I think, episode 10. So they get into the Desert Rose. Maybe it was 11. They get into the Desert Rose. They see Simon, and they see a dog underneath his um, stool. And the dog has a big black patch over his eye. And actually, Simon calls him Patch. Fast forward, they are now, Durf is um, taking Felonius through the market district, teaching him some things about petty theft. And he is um, reverse pickpocketed by a little boy, and he grabs his arm, and he pulls his arm, and he turns around, and he's got a big black eye on the same side that Patch the dog had. Fast forward another episode, they're trapped in the dungeons and Carl is visited by a cockroach who on the left side has a, one of his feelers kind of like cocked and missing on the left side of his face. And then we see Patch um, at the end of the Red Sands arc and he has a big old black patch over his eye. So basically what I was trying to do there was introduce Patch as a character who was part of the trio of Aaron, Simon, and Patch throughout those different episodes. So I wasn't sure if anybody would, would caught, catch on by that. But um, no, the dog is not the boy. The dog <laughs> is Patch. Patch was all Patch, Patch is basically a druid who was all those different characters who was working in line with Aaron and Simon, essentially. Jimmy got us, got it. 
in emojis. Sammy here. got the dog, is the boy, is the cockroach, is the scar man. Nice. So I guess he's not a druid because I can't shapeshift into another person. It's he's like an yeah, animator. He's more like a shapeshifter. Yeah, he's not necessarily a druid. More like a shapeshifter, right? Can I turn into humans, Joe? Nope. No, sure can't. <laughs> Or, or, or oh, use dirt. my conjure animal spell to conjure uh, 32 very weak humans. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sure. All right. Here comes Durf with his army of fetuses. More powerful Let's than Durf. That is correct. Okay. Biscuit 6161. Would you ever consider collaborating with one another to create your own story? Like not using fifth edition, but starting with just a pen and paper, blank slate, bare bones, no guidance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that would work as far as like a podcast would go. I think I think if we get our listenership like way way up with this podcast, maybe people would be totally into like listening in on that. But um, yeah, I mean, I would love to do that just as a fun thing with friends for sure. Um, I would like to get hashtag free derf trending. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, here you go. Here you go. Uh, would you actually let one of the guys, one of the characters die, Joe? Oof, that's a good question. Um, it has to be yes. Yeah, no, I I would. Yeah, I absolutely would. You have to say yes or like, else it takes doubt, all the... Yeah. Otherwise, we're, if you say no, we are going to do the most insane shit. Right, no. I, I, don't, mean, think, I don't think we'd want it. Like, I don't think we'd want it that way. Like, if our guys don't die, then there's... No sense in having a connection with right. You guys are not right? immortal. Um, I think the listeners would be destroyed, but I could always bring you back as a new character, redesign some art and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, if we've gone through a couple different death saving throws, if they turned out the wrong way, then yeah, you guys would have died. I, that's just how it goes. Um, that's I'm how D and D works. I'm a big fan of my hashtag. Hashtag can't kill pug. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I would, I would let them die if it came down to that. They really made some really poor decisions, and um, that's yeah. Joe did the answer is to, yes. Uh, chop my head off when I tried to turn into a spider and escape the arena. Right, <laughs> right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this Q and A. This has been a ton of fun. We've been going two hours. This was a blast. Um, we're definitely going to be doing this sometime in the future after another 10 or 15 episodes or whatever. Um, glad you guys are listeners. Hope you all continue to listen and enjoy the quest. Please, you know, if any other questions come up, feel, feel free to uh, post them. Uh, join our Reddit. That's reddit.com slash r slash YMIA Tavern. If you don't already, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at YMIA Tavern. Um, also, if you haven't already, please, please, uh, Leave us a iTunes review or a Stitcher review. We really appreciate that. We really love hearing from you guys. Um, and again, if you want to support the show in any way, shape, or form, hop on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. I'm going to drop that Patreon link right now. I was going to say, while you're doing that, Joe, um, I know myself, I'm on Twitter quite a bit. I try and make myself uh, as available as possible. Uh, so... You know, if you have any questions podcast related that might be better suited to go directly to, to one of us, um, please do that. Like, take advantage of that. Um, I'm pretty sure we all like uh, just talking about the podcast any way we can. So, uh, obviously, mine's on the screen there at Dube Snacks, and just hit me up. 
uh, send me a message, whatever, and uh, we'll take mine on there. Yep, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I am at Joe the DM on on Twitter, so you guys can go follow me. Uh, it's my like personal D and D account. Um, yeah, sweet. I will a hundred percent retweet any juggalo meme you send me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and please, please share our show with people you love. I just saw that thing from uh, Biscuit sixty one sixty one. We don't really like we don't like dish out any money for advertisement or like promoting posts on Facebook and whatnot. So the only way we um, get people to hop in and listen is by word of mouth or you know people searching our podcast on different apps and whatnot. So um, yeah, please, please share the podcast. Tell people how you're enjoying it. Uh, that's how we get more listenership and how we get more support. So, and we would love to have more people join us on this quest. Quick, a quick, a quick la- la- last follow up to that. All that stuff is free to do. Leaving a review, leaving all that stuff. Uh, dollar on Patreon makes a world of difference. Don't think anything is too small. Um, but more importantly than that, if you care, take the extra two moments to do the free stuff, which is the, the iTunes stuff and the review stuff. Um, you only got to do it once, and it speaks volumes. It makes us incredibly easy to find uh, because iTunes, the way the, the search bar functions, it, it tries to auto-populate by the most searched things. So if somebody puts Y-O-U, we want to be the first one to pop up to default into people's browsers and, and, and things like that. So that's incredibly important, and it costs nothing but a little bit of time, which you're clearly willing to invest because you listen to us uh, every other week. So please, please, if you haven't, do that. It's it's really big. It's really big. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us once again. And uh, we will put this out as an episode on Monday, the what is that? The fifth? Oh, Labor Day. Labor Day is when this episode is going to go out. Um, and then we'll be back in the quest in two weeks after that. So thank you guys for joining us. And yeah, have a good one. Keep it real. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye, thank everybody. You. Thanks. Thank you.